Welcome to Series 1, Episode 4 of Distinct Poplar, a twice-monthly audio fiction series written and read by Matt Herzberg from www.distinctpoplar.com. This episode is titled, Not in Anyone's Lifetime, Part 1. Somewhere once... In a city that forgot to stay clean. It was a brand new semester at Kagger High School and Chellen couldn't have been more excited. She stood in her first period classroom bright and early, before the bell, before the other students, even before her teacher had arrived. There she was, the first student in her new classroom in her first period, standing in the center of the pit, where the teacher lectured, surrounded by a horseshoe of empty desks where the students would sit, climb stadium stairs towering above her, and beamed with an energy full of possibilities and potential. Soon, she would find her assigned seat somewhere up there and take her place among them as part of the classroom where maybe, just maybe, there could be another just like her. This was her freshman year, and the first half of her freshman year had been very good for Chellen. Her grades had been high and her classes had been fun. She had liked her teachers and nobody had bothered her. But that was kind of the only complaint that she had about school. Not so much that she wasn't being bothered, but that she had basically gone an entire semester without interacting with really anyone, at least not in any meaningful way. She really hadn't gotten to know that many other kids and she didn't have any real friends to show for herself. That was a difficult thing for Chellen to do, and it had always been that way. Chellen was a Rom, and sometimes Roms have difficulties making friends. But this was her second semester, and she had high hopes for a brand new beginning. There just had to be another Rom in this class, or at least one of her other classes later in the day. There just had to be. After her teacher had arrived, he quickly removed his great coat, a purple faded tweed splotched with pollution stains, and fished around through its deep pockets for the classroom seating chart. She could tell that the old professor was pleased to have such an early arrival and smiled about it, as he drew out the seating assignments on the freshly cleaned whiteboard. His large cheeks were flushed pink as he grinned at her nervously with his teeth. Chellen was also pleased, but made sure not to smile back at him. After all, she was not supposed to build relationships outside of other ROMs. 
so she ignored the approval of her teacher and found her seat instead, a full knotwood desk that looked more like an old antique dresser, boxy and square and almost sticking out from the others, three rows up from the center of the pit where she had just been standing. Once she was comfortably seated, she held her printed-out class schedule so that she could study it once again. She looked over her day's worth of classes and memorized their room numbers and the teacher's last names after that. Because after all, the halls at Cagger High were an impractical maze of lockers, hidden classrooms, and sudden dead ends. The typical high school design philosophy in the city of Distinct Poplar which seemed to abandon all common sense and make things as difficult for new students as possible. So she needed to plan her route accordingly to make sure she wasn't late and a potential victim for the school faculty of hallway skulkers and their leather-toothed lashers. As she was doing so, the other students in her class finally trickled in one by one. She cautiously let her eyes glance down towards them as they wandered into the pit. The girls who chortled with one another, the boys who gave each other hefty slaps on the back, all of them seemed to know each other and smiled at each other and called to one another by name when they found their place on the seating chart. But none of them did that with Chellen. None of them greeted her or knew her name. And why would they? Because none of them were Roms. And Roms sometimes have difficulties making friends. When the bell rang and it seemed as though all of the class was present and accounted for, Chellen's heart sank as she realized there were no other ROMs in her first period class, just like last semester, not a single one. There was nobody like her as she had hoped there would be. Yet, still Challen decided to remain positive and hopeful. There were a whole day's worth of brand new classes for a brand new semester of her freshman year, so she secretly drew an X over her heart with her finger and hoped for the best. Otherwise, it would be yet another very lonely time for her, something she had been no stranger to for years, and Chellen didn't know if she could handle the other half of her ninth grade high school year being yet another very lonely semester. Not many understood that, that in this stinking city, loneliness can kill a kid just as easily as any of the city's other terrible potential dangers. The problem was quite simple. Chellen was a ROM, and ROMs and typicals didn't mix. That's what the ROMs called the non-ROMs, like the whole rest of Chellen's first period class, for example. They called them typicals. Chellen wasn't supposed to be friends with them or take interest in the things that they did or said. She was just supposed to be polite and respectful and stick to her own kind. But her own kind didn't always mesh very well with Chellen. Chellen loved her culture 
and her people. She appreciated their musical heritage and how it brought them together like one huge extended family. She also drew an enormous amount of satisfaction from her people's social awareness and way of life. Rams did not eat animal products. They didn't smoke. They didn't drink. They didn't take recreational drugs. As a Ram, she wore her black faux leather jacket with pride, admiring the large safety pins she'd earned, which adorned her sleeves from shoulder to wrists like hollow metal stitches. She wore her thin brown hair long, and she put absolutely no makeup on ever. Rom women didn't need to wear makeup to be beautiful, and in the mirror she was just chillin'. Brown hair and pale white skin that framed a pair of plain dark brown eyes that sat closely over a slenderly curved nose and thin lips that somehow never seemed to become less chapped. From the exterior, she was the perfect Rom. However, Chelin wasn't really a huge fan of most other Roms at her school. A lot of them turned out to be too self-absorbed and too focused into the Rom counterculture. That is, the opposite of whatever the typicals were doing, whatever that was, the Roms were always against it, no matter what. Roms all dressed the same and listened to the same music. They talked about the same kinds of things over and over and over again. Also, some of them were mean-spirited, and they trashed the typicals with insults and made assumptions about who they were. Chelan hadn't liked being around that in the past. There were moments when that was called into question, so she had made some distance. Now that distance left her all alone, like last semester. She wasn't trying to rebel against her own kind, but it was her experience that most typicals weren't better or worse than any ROMs, generally speaking. So she didn't understand what the big deal was. Comparatively, there weren't many ROMs at school in ratio to the typicals, so it made cold, depressing, and frustrating sense that Chellen would sit in class after class of her second semester just as alone as before. Surrounded by the forever strangers that were every face, every name, every person she encountered throughout her first day of her brand new semester. Whether they were student or teacher, it didn't matter. Shallon's classes were all just as empty as before. And as her day progressed, she could feel the loneliness creeping into her heart and her mind like a poison. It wasn't like she could blame either side. Neither Rom nor Typical went out of their way to associate with one another. Never did the two groups meet on common ground. She guessed everyone just learned not to look at each other in the eye, to not smile, or to treat each other like they were actually alive. That's how the whole thing felt to Chellin. It was like she was invisible, like she never existed, a ghost whom the other kids stared right through not even seeing her.
That was why Chellen went home and cried after her first day of second semester of ninth grade. She buried her face in a pillow and cranked her music so loud that her parents would be convinced that everything was fine. And she'd be left alone. Always alone. On her second day of school, Chellen had no more illusions of a different semester of brand new opportunities. She resigned herself to just keep her head down and focus on her studies. When she was not in class, she would just hang out around other ROMs who lined up along the mural walls from the lunchroom to the school's entrance. Like the mural of Vijay, the giant ceiling-to-floor painting of the great name-giver and matron-protector of distinct poplar. All of the Roms lined up in a row in front of her, posing and strutting, debating old bands that nobody had ever heard of, dissecting what was popular so they could figure out a way to fight against it, or drone on and on about how the distinct poplar city government was corrupt, no thanks to the typicals. The Roms all wore the same anti-conformity uniform of a black jacket, white t-shirt, black denim jeans, and black combat boots. Chellen mirrored this with her own personal style, but she would never truly fit in with them, and she would never impress them the way things were going. They would continue to tolerate her because that's what Rom acceptance was. No Rom would be turned away but that's as far as some ROMs would ever get. Just hanging around, still alone despite being surrounded by her own kind, never truly accepted or appreciated, as if she wasn't ever truly there. Chellen's high hopes for another ROM kid in any of her classes was far-fetched. She knew this. The classroom would have been only slightly different, but at least, if there was one other Rom in any of her classes, maybe they could get to know each other, and Chellen would be less of an outsider. Unfortunately, that wasn't going to happen anytime soon. Chellen would spend her third day the same as she had spent her second, alone. And the fourth would be the same, and the fifth, and the sixth day of school would come to be the same as well. But on the seventh day, something peculiar started to happen, and all that changed. Something Chellen could never have anticipated. His name was Blixit J. Blocked, a tall and lanky teenager with dark brown skin and a tangle of black hair atop his head. It seemed like it had never been combed in his entire life. Most of it fell forward over his eyes, a striking hazel that he kept hidden from most people, presumably so they wouldn't know where he was looking. The rest of his face was thin and gaunt, with a long arrow-like nose that pointed all the way down to his full lips and budding chin. Blixit sat left side back diagonal to Chellen in her first period class. 
He was also in her second period class, sitting right side forward and two rows down. In her third period class, he sat just two seats above her, same for her fourth period, and in her seventh period class, he sat right behind her. Then after that, it was the end of the day, and at the end of the day, Blixit was very glad to be going home. Blixit was very unenthusiastically detached from all things school. This was strange to her because Chellen took her high school career very seriously. She studied, she got top marks, and she was expecting to place into at least a few AP classes in the very near future. Blixit was just the opposite right from the go. He wandered into class right after she did, not for any other reason than to lay his head down on his desk, close his eyes, and drool puddles while he slept. However, his lackadaisical attitude didn't stop there. On the first day of class, Blixit replied with the word, Lunch, in a flat, monotone voice when each student was supposed to say something about themselves. Lunch, that was the one and only word that Blixit J. Block used to describe himself. She wondered what it meant. Was he hungry? Was he confused about what time of day it was? Was lunch his favorite subject at school? Or was he just ready to eat it at any time? And when the old smiling professor with the crimson stained cheeks called his name for attendance, Blixit basically made the same sound in recognition. He didn't say, here, or present, just lunch, from the sticky puddle of drool that he slowly pulled his face out of in order to answer. As a loner, Blixit usually kept to himself mostly. Nobody really bothered to talk with him either. The other typicals just giggled around him and rolled their eyes when he sauntered into class. It was as if he too seemed to be in a sideways world of his own, where he was like a goldfish in a glass bowl. But nobody was on the outside looking in. So it was much to challenge surprise when she noticed him, noticing her on day seven. The boy seemed to be watching her, but she didn't catch on to it until her third period class. Though she suspected, it had probably started from the very first period they had together. It was almost as if she could feel the kid staring at her from his desk in the pit, when normally he would be seemingly unoccupied and detached from the world in one of his stupors. His messy black hair had been pushed out of his face so that his hazel eyes focused in on her intently, like she was being thoroughly examined. This was off-putting and made Chellen feel uncomfortable, like she was a big freak and couldn't avoid his focused stare. She imagined that she couldn't escape it, and it was causing her to grow out of control into a giant-sized chelin the more he focused on her. She became so big that her arms and legs uncontrollably crushed all of the empty seats around her, and she caved in an entire row of the pit, trying to escape his notice. 
which caused the whole classroom to buckle under the stress. And through it all, somehow, Blixit was the only one noticing, and he could not bear to look away. Even though she hadn't actually become super tall and devastated their classroom, Chellen couldn't help but still feel horribly uncomfortable as Blixit seemingly kept staring at her like some sort of sideshow freak. She turned to look over her shoulder and caught Blixit in the act as it was happening. Their two glances met perfectly which then caused a moment of shock in the boy, forcing him to quickly look away, and she quickly looked away too, completely embarrassed at being caught while catching him in the act of his rude staring. But not before noticing that the kid then rapidly buried his face into some sort of notebook the moment she had caught him, almost as if he was now hiding from her upon being discovered. All of that seemed strange to her, so she waited a few minutes before checking on him again. As soon as she did so, their eyes met once more, and again, she quickly looked away, while Blixit dove headfirst back into his notebook. A large, spiral-rimmed black cover with a thin cardboard back, decorated with a dozen or so odd little hand-drawn mazes and symbols, gorged thick with thousands of white sheets of notebook paper in between. It went on like this for the two remaining periods of the school day in which both Blixit and Chellen shared classes. At fourth period, and then seventh, it had gone on for so long without a word between them, that by the end of it, Chellen wondered if he was actually staring at her at all or if she had somehow started it all on accident. Say maybe she had subconsciously made up the phantom feeling of being watched, an oversimplification of oversensitivity. Then, when she had turned around, maybe it was actually herself that caught his attention, and it had been all some sort of misunderstanding. What if it was her that had been the one who was doing the staring? Then perhaps he hid from her in that oversized notebook, which he stood up like a fortress wall to protect himself from her unflinching gaze. So at the end of the day, she decided to give it one last long look, just to be sure. Right behind her, the very last desk in their row in the pit, that's where Blixit sat, right above her, so close he could have sneezed right down on her head. When she was good and ready, when the period had almost ended and the school day was rapidly coming to a close, Chellen swallowed hard, built up her courage, and turned right around and stared right back at him. This time, she didn't look away and instead kept an unmoving, locked, and solid gaze. Blixit did the same thing he had always done. When she looked back at him, he pivoted from his own overarching stare and went back to his notebook for safety. The sides of it furled up like a cowl around his face. But there was part of it she hadn't noticed before. 
due to the fact that she had averted her eyes so quickly. Now that her gaze was unwavering, she noticed that Blixit had a blue ballpoint pen and that he was furiously scribbling something in that oversized notebook. Not hiding as she had originally thought, but instead furiously taking notes. About what, she wondered. Was he writing about her? If you like what you've been hearing so far on the podcast, please consider rating and reviewing Distinct Poplar on iTunes or wherever else you get your podcasts. Positive reviews would be a big help, and I truly appreciate it. This has been Series 1, Episode 4, Not in Anyone's Lifetime, Part 1, by Matt Herzberg, and copyright December 27th, 2017, from distinctpoplar.com. Music for this episode was done by Chris Zabriskie, except for the outro music. For more information, check the show notes in the episode description. For more stories like this one, ebooks, and more information about the city that forgot to stay clean, check us out online at www.distinctpoplar.com or through our social media. Just search for Distinct Poplar on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Stop by. Say hello.